what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This episode of The Forecast is sponsored by Clinic Drug, located in Morganton, North Carolina, and serving the surrounding community since 1938. Clinic Drug has a large selection of Nature's Bounty, Vitamins, Briar Lane Home and Garden Flags, Russell Stover's Candies, and Thai Stuffed Animals. Clinic Drug offers free delivery and 24-7 unparalleled service. Clinic Drug turns no patient away. For more information, call them at 828-584-0741. Or you can find them on Facebook or go to their website, www.clinicdrug.com. Your health is our priority at Clinic Drug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Forecast. We are your connection to the who's who in the game of golf. We hope to make you laugh. We hope to help you learn to win and grow your golf IQ. I'm your host, Alan Burton, Director of Instruction for the Alan Burton Golf Academy at Lake Hickory Country Club in beautiful Hickory, North Carolina. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in and, of course, thank our sponsors as well. You can find us on TheMesh.tv and all your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. Be sure to check out all the other podcast shows here on TheMesh.tv. And they're all produced right here in Western North Carolina by some very talented people who give uh, their best to everything they do. And uh, on today's episode, speaking of giving your best, I've got a really good buddy of mine I have not talked to in quite a while. I'm really anxious to catch up with Mr. Bryson Worley. He's a head golf coach and director of golf for the University of North Georgia program uh, down in Gainesville, Georgia. And I really am excited you're here. Thanks so much for taking time and, and spend a little afternoon chatting golf with me, buddy. How are you? Yeah. Great, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, good to talk to you again. I know we text back and forth from time to time and and uh, hadn't been able to see each other because of all this craziness going on. And um, But yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It's great. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's been a crazy year and uh, 2020 has been just an, a roller coaster for uh, guys in your in your situation, for sure, trying to recruit and get players uh, to, to kind of look at your program and come there. I know it's been very unusual, so I'm, I'm anxious to hear about how those challenges have been presented to you and what you've been doing to deal with it um, along with that. But uh, first, let's start out by letting our listeners know a little bit about Bryson Worley. I mean, you're you're quite a coach, and I don't think uh, I don't think I was aware of your experience as a coach even when I first met you. You know, we 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 met walking the fairways with our at the time sons playing junior golf and and chatting it up. And uh, man, you've got a long career as a, as a coach, and I want to hear more about that today. So tell us how you you got into this. Well, it's funny. I I grew up in a small town in Northeast Georgia, Homer, Georgia. Um, uh, didn't really play golf a lot when I was really young. My dad, I guess when I was about eight or nine, my dad switched uh, jobs inside of his company. He kind of went from the uh, engineering side to the marketing side and, and had to learn how to play golf. And um, my brother and I, who is uh, younger, but my brother and I got involved uh, in, in golf and, and playing. We lived on a big farm and, you know, and had some area golf courses and got into the game and played a lot and uh, got into some junior golf and uh, make a long story short, I ended up going to college. I went to Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and played football and and uh, stayed involved in golf there too. And and um, uh, 
got out, thought I was going to be the next, you know, Nick Saban or whatever, and and uh, got my first head coaching job, uh, or not, excuse me, well, first head uh, golf job at uh, a place called Elbert County, which is on the South Carolina border. I was coaching football, and they they asked me. They said, um, "You got to coach another sport. What do you want to do?" And, and they said, "You can be an assistant baseball coach, the tennis coach, you can be the golf coach." And I went, <laughs> "We're going to do golf." And um, so I, it gave me a chance to get back into it competitively and, and coaching it, and I fell in love with it. I was there for about five years. Went to another school for a year in uh, near where I am, and um, had the chance to go to Gainesville High School, which is in Gainesville, Georgia, obviously, and long-standing tradition. Um, got a former Masters champion, Tommy Aaron, uh, excuse me, Tommy Aaron, who um, who's still around, and um, so that's you know t- tons of success, tons of collegiate and professional players come out of Gainesville. Um, Tommy Valentine's another one played on the PGA Tour for a while, but we, um, you know, I was there for 15 years. Had a really good. I started a junior program uh, here in Gainesville, and at one point. Uh, had almost 80 kids in it during the summer and throughout the year. Um, did some really cool stuff there. I really enjoy the teaching side of things as well. And um, and then a couple of years ago, the University of North Georgia uh, job um, came open. Um, I actually had a couple of kids playing up there, and my son was already up there. And um, the the coach at the time um, was leaving. Um, he was the general manager at our at our golf course there, at Chasta Golf Club in Delonica, where the main campus is, and um, the athletic administration decided to make it a full-time position and, um, lo and behold, you know, long story short, I ended up taking the job and, and just love it. Um, love the, the college game and recruiting and, and, um, and teaching and still, you know, I've got the best of both worlds. I'm still trying to mold young men to, to, uh, to reach their dreams, whatever that is. And at the same time, you know, it's really competitive. And so it kind of checks all the boxes for me. So it's fun. Yeah, you're you're really good at it, Bryce, and I, I really enjoyed um, the time I get to spend around you because you're really a thoughtful guy. You really are passionate at what you do, and and you're kind of like me in in one regard. I think we see each other at a lot of educational seminars and things. You're constantly on the move to pick up new information and take it back to your players, and uh, that's what makes you a great coach, man. You bring a lot of good information to your players. Um, so tell me, you know, with this. This COVID thing is going on. It's affecting so many programs, and I know a lot of schools are even considering golf as is no longer going to be part of their athletics. Um, uh, several D1 schools, I think, I think are, are are eliminating golf, and maybe even others are considering that. Is that something that's crossed your table here in this pandemic? Is there is there a positive look on, on this thing for from from where you see it? What's going on there? Well, we're fortunate, and one of the reasons I took this job is the uh, commitment to not only our athletic administration at North Georgia, but um, our um, our school as a whole from our senior administration into making uh, sure that we're, you know, we have all the resources to be the best we can be. And so they've put us both in, in those separate respective instances, put us in a position financially to be able to weather kind of what's going on right now. And, and it's never been discussed uh, cutting sports at the university of North Georgia, which is phenomenal, but it is scary. You always think about that when something like this happens and, you know, you hit a, re- hit a recession and those types of things. But um, uh, you know, and I've had friends deal, uh, deal with, you know, you know, losing the program or, or people I've known. And it's kind of, you know, it's definitely scary. Um, but no, right now we're we're fortunate. It's actually been positive for um for us. Our women's coach Sierra Campbell, who's in her 
ending her first year. I'm ending my second at, at the University of North Georgia. We, um, you know, we've kind of lucked out and trying to take in uh, this whole thing as positive. Um, we've got, uh, you know, all of our guys, for me personally, with our team, got a really young team. And so I played three freshmen, I think, most in the lineup, uh, most of the uh, tournaments we played. And so now they get four years. So mm-hmm. this year was kind of like a scrimmage year um, for those yeah. guys. And then the other guys that played, you know, they get another year. I'm losing – my one senior has a chance to – you know, from the NCAA had a chance to come back. But he's such a phenomenal young man uh, from on the golf side and academically that he um, – uh, he majored in computer science. His name's Tanner Merck, and he's going to go on and uh, and and got a lucrative job waiting on him. And he couldn't pass up uh, he couldn't pass up that opportunity to come back and hang out with me for another year. And I don't blame him. I told him I'd be mad at him if he did. So, but right. that's what we're trying to do is put those guys and, and girls in a position where they can make those choices uh, later. And, right. and um, yeah, so we, it's been really positive for us. So, yeah. Well, that, that's interesting. I, I knew you'd be able to handle it and whether, you know, if anyone could, it would be you. Um, you know, I've been down to see your facilities there and you've done an amazing job is getting these facilities that you have, which were great. I know you've done some things to the range to help your players practice short game. And why don't you talk about some of the things you've done just to kind of bring these assets to the program since you've been there? Because it's been a short couple of years, but you've done an amazing job and, and you've had some record breaking years with your players so give us some insight. What does the Bryson Morley uh, mode of, of operation look like to bring success like this to a program? Well, I think you have to, you know, first of all, you know, uh, Delonigo is the site of the first gold rush in, in the United States uh, back in the 1800s and before California, about 20 years before there, I think. And so um, I always make the pun that it was kind of a gold mine uh, where, you know, having kids played at North Georgia and everything. And so, just a phenomenal, you've seen it. A chance is a phenomenal facility. Uh, the town is just unreal. Um, and uh, we're close enough to Atlanta. And so my, my thing was, is you have to get people to take visits and then, um, fall, I think they, you know, almost everybody that's been on campus and seen our facilities kind of fall in love with the place and are very impressed. And then, um, I think once you, you attract high quality, players and high, high quality individuals from a character standpoint and academic standpoint, um, then I want to provide them with everything they can or everything I can, um, to let them, you know, have two options when they get finished and that's to play professional golf or either, um, go into whatever profession they want to. Um, and so I want to have both options and, you know, we're lucky enough to have some guys that want to play professionally and, and we're trying to set them up with, uh, whether it's the right uh, facilities or equipment or people like you to come in and teach us aim point and some short game stuff. And, you know, I try to expose them to as much as possible so um, we can be successful. So one of the first, and, and I'm, I'm huge on team chemistry. I learned that from one of my mentors, Chris Hack at the university of Georgia. I never, um, you know, a lot of people don't think team chemistry is important. Um, I do. I think that it's harder to give up on a round when you're looking across the fairway and you got a guy that you love and care about and as you know has worked as hard as you do. It's kind of hard to, you know, to throw that in the tank a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think it's easy to do that when you're playing by yourself sometimes and for mm-hmm. yourself. Um, and so one thing that was important for me um, was to have a team – uh, locker room. We had one at Chattahoochee Golf Club when I was at Gainesville High School, and it's probably the one of the reasons for our success, success, I think it's just a 
something simple where the guys are together a lot and sitting around and hanging out and have a common place where they can kind of be together and share those experiences. And so the, the ownership of the Chasta was great in letting us uh, 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 rent the bottom of what was the sales center, um, which is this entire, um, you know, probably 2,000 square foot place where we have a locker room, a common area, uh, offices for coaches, a kitchen, uh, bathrooms, all that, uh, you know, right on the second tee. Uh, it's about 150 yards from our practice facility at Achasta, the, the range that um, we use. We have our own side of the range. And um, mm-hmm. so that's huge. Our, you know, they have full access to that. They can go in and out even if we're not there. And, and um, that's been good for our men and women's teams. And then, um, you know, on the back of the range, I know you drove by there and saw it or took you to see it. And we've put in wedge blocks, which I stole from kind of the Mike Bender um uh, philosophy, you know, I think he he put those at his facility, and I know they put them uh, in at Frederica down in in uh, Saint Simon's Island for Zach Johnson, who practices out there. So, you know, I stole that idea and stuck those. Doug went out there myself with with, with some help, and Doug uh, dug those those footers for those uh, blocks, and it's been a really good uh, thing for us. Anyway, so we have all those acts, uh, you know, those access to those. Um, you know, those things that can help us be better. Our, our range is phenomenal. You've seen it. It's, it's just, yeah. it's great. So, and we're fortunate to have a golf course. They can scoot down there between classes and practice and then go right back up and, um, or jump on and play three or four holes and be done. So anyway, yeah, we're, we're fortunate there for sure. Yeah. I think it's interesting to hear some of those comments that you, you brought up there and, and the chemistry piece, I'm really, really a big fan of as well. I really love how you put the the value of that team chemistry into perspective. You know, that's really an interesting comment. And what you said was without that team chemistry, it's very easy for a player on a team to maybe mail it in one day when he doesn't have all of his, his, uh, his means, you know, he's not playing his best round and Hey, you know, I just going to mail it in. I'm giving up. And and when you're in chemistry, that's not going to happen. That's really a perspective. I think a lot of coaches, at your level understand and maybe some that are learning how to coach don't you know they don't understand the value of that chemistry creating that environment and creating that culture that you do um it's a it's a positive place for for people to improve and that's why they're that's why they're breaking records you know your players yeah Um, we're trying tell us about a you know a typical practice for your men's team are you one that kind of gives them a lot of structure you feel like that's important do you feel like there's you know, tracking uh, of their statistics, and that is what determines how they should practice or prepare? Or do you leave each individual kind of on their own to figure it out and, and, and give them the freedom to practice the best way they see fit? Now, tell me how, you, how involved are you as a coach in each team member's preparation? Yeah, uh, I think the easy answer is yes. Um, <laughs> I've learned um, – I've learned uh, throughout my career, and this is it's kind of worked for me. I I think everybody needs an opportunity to to work in golf to work on what they want to individually, but at the same time, there's still that structure. I think for as, as a coach, for me, you also have to know your team as a whole. Um, do I have a very mature team that can handle the time uh, to do that, the discipline, the the um, you know the structure to do that on their own, or do I need to kind of uh, uh, do some of that uh, for them? And so. We use stats. I use uh, our golf stat 
uh, stuff, uh, uh, you know, ranking reports and things that we get from uh, from Golfstat. And I also use something called GameForge, which is Mark Sweeney's and Brian mm-hmm. Bailey's uh, kind of platform. I've, I've used a bunch of different ones, and I found that one to be the guys like it. It's quick. You know, they're only going to work with what um, what's easy to input and easy to read and, and, and grab stuff out of. And so we've pre- uh, they've uh, really take into that uh, and the philosophies behind that. Um, so yeah, we do use stats. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, it's up to those guys to, uh, to figure out what, uh, what area and a lot of people want to work, you know, they want to go, you know, my putting was bad and it's always reactive and I'm always trying to kind of coach to a standard. Okay. To be an elite player, you need to be able to do this, 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 and this, and let's, you know, work at everything. And I, I've learned that from uh, Dr. Morris Pickens. He has this philosophy of kind of 25% in, in each area. That's that's full swing, wedges, putting, and um, in short game, which is inside of 30 yards. And so, you know, how many times do we see a kid or, a, or someone that we work with, you know, uh, you know, putted great, but my irons were awful. And then the next week it's this. And so I think, you know, kind of attacking everything all the time, mm-hmm. um, you kind of stay balanced with your, with your game. And, um, you know, in some, in some, some of my guys need more structure. Um, some of them don't, some of them need to know why they're working. I'm a big on a plan. I really, um, I give them time to work on their own, but they have to have a plan. Um, Mm -hmm. and then there's things we do together. A lot of our scheduled practice or our scheduled structured stuff is team competitive, situational, you know, I, uh, I have a golf background, but I also have a football background. And I kind of always thinking, you know, if, if I was at a football practice, what would I, you know, they, we'd be working on onside kicks or, you know, hands team or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, plays inside of the 30 with the sort of defense. And so I kind of took that approach to golf a little bit and we go out and say, okay, so you're in this situation with this shot, with the wind doing this and, you know, and let's see how we handle this or, you know, you're in the trees here, whatever. So we do a lot of that type of stuff on the golf course with the guys. Cause ultimately I think we've, you know, you and, you know, I grew up playing, like I said, first of all, in a pasture, second of all, my brother were, you know, and I were hitting shots around trees and hitting mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, just, you know how it was growing up. I mean, we never, we didn't have track, man. We didn't have mirrors. We didn't have cell phones or video cameras even really. And, right. um, or at least I didn't. And so you just learned to play the game and score. It didn't really matter what it looked like. And, and, you know, I think some of our guys, we spent a lot of time talking about just go be an athlete and play and get off the range. And, you know, um, something I've learned, you know, going and caddying and, and you know, whether it's the U S amateur U S junior or, or working with some of my other guys, you know, you go to a, a big event or a PJ tour event and every swing looks different. And you've got guys that, I mean, you look at Daniel Berger just won this weekend and, you know, he takes heat for his golf swing, but man, you know, really all that matters is, is what you write down on that card. And, and that's what we, I kind of, in a simple, uh, you know, in a simple philosophy, that's what it's, that's what it's about for me. I really don't care what it looks like. Just get it in the hole and, and be athletic with it and, and be a competitor. And, um, right. you know, and then we work inside of that framework. Okay. How can we make you better at, at scoring and, I think so much of it's mental game and, and competitiveness and your ability to handle adversity and handle uncertainty. So, absolutely. Well, that's great wisdoms. I'm I'm a very similar in that approach. I feel like there is there's obviously some things that I want my players to know about their golf swings technicality, what makes it function when it's functioning technically, 
and they have to recognize the feels of, of the functional motion versus the maybe not so functional motion. Um, Absolutely. And they can look at track man numbers and they can educate themselves in that if they want. But I think you're right. You, you've got a scorecard that looks for one number. How many strokes did it take to get in the hole? And, uh, yeah, so it's so important to teach them to play and the variability of golf, you know, getting them on the course and seeing the variability. I had a young man one time. I mean, this is one of the funniest things I've ever had a young golfer say to me, but this fellow was struggling with a, a tee ball getting out of position and he'd make bogey or worse on the hole. And I just took him in a lesson out on the course and I dropped his ball over into a little bit of rough and kind of blocked him out by some trees, put him about 135 out. But he had a big, big oak tree in the way. And I said, a uh, young man's name I'm not going to mention, but I said, uh, what are you going to do? What, what are you going to do from here? Uh, what, what, what do you see in this situation? And he's such a funny kid. He, he looked at me, he says, well, coach, I ain't in jail, but I'm in police custody. <laughs> that's pretty, that's, that's awesome. And it was just his way of looking at it, you know, so he, he felt like the situation was, was jeopardized. And I said, well, well, prove to me that you can make a par from here. Let's pretend this is your second shot on a par four and, and let's do it. So he hit the prettiest little shot around that tree and got it right up in the front of the green, got it up and down for par. We walked off the back of the green. I said, that was fantastic. That's what I was looking for. You know, what happens in a tournament that's different from that? Why do you make a lot of bogeys and doubles in the same you know situation? And he kind of had that look on his face. That he was puzzled. And I said, you know what I think it is? Uh, he said, no, I'd love to know though. I don't know what it is. He, I said, well, you didn't hit your drive there today. But in a tournament, you did. And today, you weren't upset with yourself for hitting a poor tee shot because you didn't hit it there. I presented it to you as a challenge to make a par from there. And it was easy. You did it. But if it was you in a tournament, you're still upset with the fact that you hit the ball out of play. And you can't look at it as an opportunity or a challenge because you're still mad at yourself for a poor golf shot you hit. And it wasn't necessarily that poor. Maybe just a little offline. But I think that's the mind, like you said, it's the mental game. Yeah, you know, so many of these guys expect to go out and have this perfect, this perfect round. That's nothing's going to go wrong. And you know, um, you know, I know you've had Brett McCabe on before. Or you've listened to his podcast. We've talked about that, and um, that's something he he talks about is, uh, you know, this. There's this notion that every golf round is supposed to be romantic and and magical and all this. And then, you know, another sports thinks like that. You're not going to be the university of Alabama going into Baton Rouge on, you know, on Saturday night with a seven o'clock game on national TV and um, expect that to be romantic or magical or anything. And so, you know, everybody it's romantic magical until you snap hook one on number two. And then, and then all of a sudden you've got to start handling adversity. And, um, yeah. And so we talk about, you know, we talk about things like that and work on that and put them in position. Like you said, um, I think so much of it is knowing that you, knowing that you as a player have the ability to overcome the uncertainty that's coming, you know, because um, it's coming. Um, and, and so if you've got, okay, I can handle, like you just said, okay, I can handle this. I can make par from here. And so that's what we do. I try to, you know, it's almost, it's, it's impossible to mimic the tournament pressure and all that, but you can get fairly close with some, some things, some consequences and, you know, things in practice, but um, we try to, it, it seems to be working so far, uh, you know, getting away from playing golf swing and just getting out there and playing golf. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's a tough game mentally. I, I really do. I think most people have the ability physically to play at a high level if they've worked on their swing and they're, they're playing high-level golf. And certainly the mistakes at that level tend to be, uh, I think, more mental than, uh, than technical or physical. And um, it, it's just those errors. I mean, just basically they don't have a commitment to what their intention is sometimes, you know, as, as golfers are playing competitively, they're not seeing the shot precisely in their mind's eye, how it needs to come off. There's, it's not a clear image of what their intention is to start with. And so they play a loose shot and go, well, what were you trying to do with that? And they can't really describe to you what their intention was. You know, the, yeah. well, you got to start with a very clear intention before your body knows how to respond and, and hit the golf shot you're trying to hit. It's got to be precisely described or envisioned at least. And, to me, that's a portion of it. Uh, you know, another another scenario would be when golfers feel that a certain putt is more important than another Absolutely. putt. And they, yeah. they do this stuff to themselves. Man, I really felt like I had to make that. I said, wait a minute. What do you mean you felt like you had to make that? And that putt, just that one putt was the only one you felt like that on, you know? It's like <laughs> you, you, should, you should feel like that all the time. Every putt you're trying to make, right? Yeah. You're not just trying to. You know, like Michael Jordan never shot the basketball and just hoped he hit the backboard. I mean, you're trying to make this thing, right? Every putt you're trying to make. But they're none more important than the other. They're all important. And getting them to train that way, it's easy to stand over a range ball and spank it out there in the middle of the driving range because you know, you don't you don't write that number on a scorecard. You don't have to go hunt for that ball if you lose it. It's not going up on the Internet for your friends to see. Yep. You know, it's just another swing. But if you train that way and you give no importance to that practice swing or that practice shot and tournament golf, all of a sudden everything's important, kind of that's that's part of the challenge, you know. Yeah, and, and, and knowing, yeah, I mean, the intention is so important, knowing what you want to do. I, I, you know, it's said a million different ways, you know, throughout the history of the game. But, you know, fear, doubt, really doubt and not having a clear – I just it comes down to doubt or, or – you know, focus or whatever it may be for that individual. That's just, I think that's the killer. Uh, I just think you have to know what you want to do with it and, um, you know, mm -hmm. and go from there and be an athlete with it. And um, yeah. And how many times do people, uh, you know, they miss a putt on 18 or 17 and like, Oh, that cost me. I'm like, you just played <laughs> 54 holes. How about the one on number two yesterday where you were kind of half out of it? Cause you didn't get more, you know, you didn't get up on time and warm up the right way and eat a good breakfast. How about that one? I think that yeah. one's probably just as important, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, very yeah. rarely, unless you're on PGA Tour. Well, I guess now you can, if it's online scoring, but you don't know where you stand. You don't know what which one's more important than the other, or they're all important. So, I think we see on television, we see evidence of the of the the apparent value of those shots coming down the stretch because that's what television shows us. You know, we don't see Thursday's first tee shot for most golfers <laughs> on, on, on the tour. We don't see that shot. So we didn't see the fact that, you know, Harold Varner made a triple the other day and wound up shooting 66. Oh, yeah. We didn't see the triple, you know, until they showed it as highlights because it happened early in the round or whatever. It wasn't on television. So we're seeing those final holes and how things seem to be coming down and becoming more important. But that's just our perception as a golf fan or a viewer. It's not the reality of the situation. Every shot's important. I mean, hey, you can go into ice cream parlor and name 32 flavors you don't want, but there's only one flavor you do want, and I think a lot of times that's how golfers play. They, 
they're naming all the things they don't want to have happen. Hey, I don't want to hit it out of bounds here. That's, it's tight down that left side near the out of bounds. And I go, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's an awareness, but that's not your focus. Um, your focus better be on where you are going to hit it. So, you know, I tell my guys, you know, they all drive. I said, you don't drive down the, drive down the highway looking at the ditch the whole time, do you? And uh, are looking at every telephone pole and everything. And they're like, well, well, no, sir. And I'm like, okay, then let's, let's focus right. on where we want to go with it and, and go from there. So I, I great. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and, and, um, I'm also big on having everything as much as you can in your life personally off the golf course in tune. I I think that, um, you know, just working with whether it's junior golfers and high school players and then moving into college, whether it's worried about their girlfriend or getting their homework done or, oh, gosh, I just lost my I'm going to lose my scholarship if I drop below a 3.0 and, um, you know, whatever my car is messing, you know having everything in line. And so we talk a lot about structuring your life a little bit better so you can go and turn it loose on the golf course and, and, and not have to worry about um, all the other stuff going on in your life. I think that's why it's hard on the PGA tour, especially when you get married and, and, um, or you have kids and, you know, we all go through that. Sometimes it's, I mean, it's a, it's a blessing obviously, but I think sometimes that can give you perspective, but as you're younger and you don't have those skills yet, I think, um, I think that's a big part of what I do as a coach is helping them realize that it's not always your swing. I mean, I've got guys that, you know, when they first get to me, they, they have a bad round or what they think is a bad round. Next thing I know, they're trying to, you know, go hit every golf ball ever made in 20 minutes on the back of the range as it's getting dark. And, I said, how about how about the fact that you didn't go to bed last night? You decided to stay up and, and play Call of Duty until two in the morning, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, how about that? I think that may have bigger I- impact on, on what's going on than you know than than your golf swing. And you know, yep. it, so we talk about all of that having having you know your golf course life, how you prepare, uh, just as important um, or just as important factors as what happens on the golf course. So it's kind of that holistic approach. Um, but I, I just think all that's super important to be a good player. No, I totally agree. I, I refer to that kind of stuff as the distractions. Can you yep. can you eliminate the potential distractions in your personal life? Because that's what it is. You know, your your mind is not where it needs to be on a given golf shot if you're thinking about that homework assignment that's due tomorrow and you haven't done any of it. Uh, well, that's your own lack of preparation and. Uh, that's created as a distraction. You've allowed it to be a distraction now. So it, it's simple. I, I love to, to create competitive situations amongst my junior golfers, and it's difficult in a private lesson, So, I'll, but I'll be competitive with them sometimes. And I do a little mm-hmm. putting game to teach them how to eliminate distractions and explain the concept of pressure. We'll do a putting competition where we play for golf tees or whatever, and They'll have five tees. I'll start out with five tees, and we'll putt from three feet. If I make it, they have to answer to that. They have to make it. If they Mm -hmm. miss it, I take a tee from them. If we both make it, we move it back one foot further from the hole and putt again. And I like to putt first because if I make it, I'm giving them the sense that, uh uh-oh, you have to answer to that. I just made it. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this concept. I said, are you feeling any pressure? When I get back to six or seven feet and I'm draining every putt, they're having to answer to stay alive. I said, are you feeling any pressure? And of course they look at me and go, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit of pressure. I said, you know why? It's because you're distracted. And they go, what do you mean? I said, 
you're distracted from what you really need to be focused on. And to me, to be good at putting, you have to focus on what line do you need to start this ball on and what speed does it need to have to be compatible with the line you've chosen. It's line and speed. And if you're not thinking line and speed, and you're thinking about how important this putt is or the pressure you're feeling to have to make it, then you're simply distracted from something that you need to be focused on, and that is your line and speed. Yep. And they go, wow, I never really thought about it like that. I say, yeah, <laughs> well, because you're not thinking about what you need to be thinking about at that given moment. You've allowed a distraction to get in the way of what needs to be your focus. And that's that's the problem as a human. We've got all these distractions that get in the way of very intense simplicity. What am I going to do with this golf shop? And everything else is a distraction. Yeah. Then you got the whole walk in between. Yeah. You got, then you have the whole walk in between shots thing, you know, and I tell my guys, um, you know, have something to think about, you know, you may be in a group where the guys, you know, at our level, you may have international guys that, may not speak English very well, or you may, um, you know, or not want to talk to you. And so you better have something to get your mind off, um, off of it. And, um, and, and then be able to kind of draw yourself back in and refocus when you get near your ball and have a plan for that. And, um, that's where your routine, like you talked about your routine. So you can, uh, put your focus on what you want to, what you want to accomplish when you hit a shot, let it go, react to it the right way and then and move on and, and go again, hit it, go see if you can find it and hit it again and um, add them up when you get finished. Yeah. And every player is different in that regard too. And I used to enjoy the story of Jack Nicholas and Lee Trevino being paired together in a, in a late in a U.S. Open tournament when they were probably both in contention and they're on the first tee. And the way I understand it, it was Trevino and, and Jack, you know, he, Jack didn't like to talk much and Trevino was a motor mouth. So Jack comes over to Lee and says, uh, Lee, we won't be doing any, any talking today. And Lee's response was, you don't have to do any of the talking, Jack, you just do the listening. I'll do the talking. <laughs> it's like, gets in his face, you know, so some guys like to talk and that's how they relax. And some guys like to kind of withdraw and focus on their golf. And so just knowing what kind of player you are, you know, and, and that's how you deal with it. So. Yeah. We talk about a, a lot of that being self-awareness and knowing who you are as a player, you can have a different identity on the golf course. If, you know, um, you know, there's some guys that are, are very talkative off the golf course when they play their best, they're not, or vice versa. And, my big thing is, you know, don't try to be somebody you're not out there. Um, be self-aware of what's going on and who you are. And, um, you know, we talk about that a good deal, too. And, and, and also just as a coach, you know, that's a whole nother, you know, whether it's my, uh, me or my assistant. And you've got to know your guys as a coach, too, and, and who needs you and who doesn't and when and what do I say. And I think that's where the chemistry, the relationship as, with me as a coach um, – you know, on the golf course with those guys and helping them get into those, you know, the right frame of mind or refocus, you know, and, and um, knowing what to talk about. I mean, there's, you know, I think caddying is more psychological than anything else. Um, and, you know, caddying's a lot similar to what we do as college coaches. And, um, you know, and we're walking with them and, you know, bringing up football games from the weekend or, or something else just to get their mind off whatever. And then having, you know, a cue to refocus them, you're doing it without them even knowing it. And then later on, what we do is try to teach them how to do that themselves. So, um, man, golf's complicated. Right. It's simple, but it's not right. So 
Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun journey, it really is, and you're in a really good situation with these young people. They're lucky to have you, Bryce, and that's that's really cool. So we've talked a lot about the mental game and and how we're trying to help our golfers, you know, with their their mental challenges. Tell me about the physical program that you you have with your with your golfers. Are you doing a lot of training fitness? Uh, you you doing anything there in the gym? Tell me how that's going. Yeah, so um, our guys. We have a phenomenal, especially to be um, at the level that we are. I mean, we're a Division II school, but we have one of um, – and I've been around some really good strength and conditioning people. And I'm like you said, I'm always trying to learn everything I can and, and then pick those things out that I think fit our philosophy. And I was lucky enough to stumble into uh, this position where uh, – into this school where we have a phenomenal strength and conditioning um, uh, program. Um, they use uh, – they screen the guys. I'm uh, – you know, I've done TPI and certified and all those things. And so we, um, you know, screen them, but they, they use, uh, uh, the FMS model, which is functional movement, uh, screen. And so we find those, um, every year they'll come in in August and get screened as part of their physical. And we find those deficiency areas where, you know, it may be a right glute or, you know, your calves or your, whatever it may be, your shoulders or, uh, not stable or not mobile or whatever the, the case may be. And so, especially for freshmen, the first probably month is spent on just correctives. Uh, you're probably not touching the weight very often. Uh, they, they get embarrassed, you know, they, they're in there going, well, the, you know, the women's soccer team is over there deadlifting, you know, well, you're going to get there. Just hold on. We've got to get your, um, we've got to get your deficiencies corrected so we can start loading. And so, um, just super impressed with the, the process and the diligence that our strength conditioning, uh, Rich Pruitt and his staff do for us at the university, uh, at the university. And so, um, I've seen, you know, and I guess the best testimony for what they do is in my two years, about October, both years, I've had freshmen come to me going, Hey coach, look at my swing. I'm not moving around or I feel so much more stable and, you know, to make it, to put it simply, you know, they may have a swing speed of 112 miles an hour, uh, but they couldn't use it properly because they're trying to balance and, you know, or, or, or right. you know, trying to, you know, use it and make it effective. And so they're, they're losing some of that 112 miles an hour coming into the ball. And, and now they're able to put all of that 112 in there. Um, right. Our guys know, our, our staff knows that our guys aren't professional weightlifters. Some of these guys have never really trained like they do in college. And, um, you know, we're not trying to make you look good for uh, Daytona Beach. We're trying to make you look good for uh, the national championship. And so mm-hmm. they've really bought in. They, they We talk about nutrition and hydration and sleep and um, all of that stuff. And um, I knew it was taking hold when we went. We were on the road my first year, and uh, we went to eat at a, at a restaurant. And I look around, and the guys are ordering, like, uh, chicken and rice and stuff and Mm-hmm. and trying to eat the right way and I'm like, wow we're getting you know we're getting somewhere they they understand that that um you know like i said that <clears throat> that's just as important as what you're doing with your hands at your top of the swing i think especially at our level where you're playing at well in college golf most of the time you're playing 36 holes the first day and um right man your swing your swing doesn't care on that second you know that that third nine holes of the day your swing especially when it's hot early in the year your swing doesn't care if you're not <laughs> Uh, hydrated. I mean, he's trying to, you know, your body's trying to survive right. at that point if you're not, um, you know, and, and so we try to put them in a position uh, to, to be successful in those, in those situations. And 
one of the things I was proud of, I think it was my first year. Well, it was my first, I'd have been the second event of the year. Anyway, we set an 18 hole scoring record on the second half of a 36 hole day, which kind of validated what we were doing in the weight room. Um, we don't do a lot of, con- yeah, we don't do a lot of conditioning. Um, the way they set it up and have researched, uh, we researched together is, you know, a lot of high intensity golf's really a walk, 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 stop, explode, then walk, 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 stop, explode kind of sport. And so they kind of set up our workouts like that. So it's, you know, it's a lot of high intensity interval type stuff. And, um, we really don't, I mean, I think my guys to a man will tell you that they feel pretty, uh, pretty refreshed, especially compared to some other schools walking around. I'm big on body language, chest up, you know, um, those things. And, and so they, um, they see the benefit of that in the weight room and, and what we do from a, it's not just the weight room. It's the whole, you know, player performance kind of, uh, mindset and framework so we're we're excited about um you know that it's been hard during covid um you know (laughs) trying to do stuff remotely and kids are wanting workouts and they don't have the equipment that they're used to that's been a challenge but everybody's going through it so hopefully um we just had a meeting this morning uh, on you know how we're gonna gonna get be able to start voluntary workouts here soon so it's exciting to be able to get back in the weight room i know our guys are um, ready to ready to get going to get ready for the season well, that's, that is exciting stuff. I've got a, a, a service that I use with some of my players. I should turn you on to it if you hadn't seen it. It's called Connexit, and you can mm, check that out. It's something. Yeah, Connexit is a it's a fitness training uh, for the golfer, and it's specifically done based on an evaluation that's conducted for that individual, and it gives them, through their own smartphone or iPad, it gives them a specific workout for them to do based on their um, – the screening, you know, the, the results of their uh, screening test. And it's primarily for flexibility. Uh, there is a strength program, but it's mostly for the mobility portion. Um, and certainly for golfers that can't get into the gym and you want to do something at home and do something that's aided or guided by by your screening and your performance there, it's it's really good. It's called Connects It with a K. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll send you the information on it. You can look into it. It's really, really cool. It's, it's very inexpensive too, so it doesn't cost a lot of money for players to do. Um, and I found it very helpful, especially for people who want to do it at home. You know, they want to do it on their own, and um, you can set up the the length of the workout it can be fifteen minutes, or it can be an hour, or whatever you have time for that particular day. And it runs you through the specific exercises, show you an avatar doing the exercises that they're prescribing for you. So it's all uh, you know based on your your screening evaluation so it's really cool takes it takes it out of your hands a little bit when you can't get to them you know your players are away or whatever but uh yeah you're doing you're doing all you can do you know from every side mental physical technical giving them the proper environment to get better uh, but also notice you know your students are doing well in the classroom too i mean you've got a great academic record with your kids and and that's part of that off the golf course preparation because when you you're the golf coach you don't have time to run behind them make sure they're doing all their their schoolwork, but, you know, you kind of leave it up to them to do that. But you've obviously got that culture so that that's important to them. And that's why they're doing great academically. What What is your role as a coach when it comes to um, helping these kids find a job? I mean, you're, you're getting them out the door when they're graduating. And I know you hadn't been there very long as a college coach to see some of this, but you've been for years as a high school coach. 
getting them off to college. Tell me how active you are and what you do to help these kids find their place in the world when they go beyond your your direct guidance. Yeah, so I have a you know, obviously have a different perspective than than some just coming from the edu- you know the the high school part and some actually to be quite honest some of my job at the high school level was uh you know career uh career planning and those types of uh, activities with with uh, students but you know we're fortunate we have a um assistant athletic director for student services uh Baron Seiden Stricker who she um you know as they come in, it's more focused as freshmen on how to learn better. We do some of this as coaches too in, in the golf program, but, um, you know, she'll meet with them. They, they talk about learning styles and how to study and how to do time management. And then as they move throughout their four or five years, it morphs into career planning. And um, we utilize, we've got a very good, uh, you know, uh, career planning uh, department at, at UNG. And, um, but I think as a coach, my, it's important for me to teach them how to interact in the world, the soft skills, like how to um, handle those dead time, small talk. When you meet somebody, you don't know how to bring up different, um, (laughs) different topics and um, how to listen to people uh, with the intention to, to really understand and not just to respond and, you know, how to manage conflicts, how to, um, you know, how to manage your life and, you know, uh, we're fortunate that the membership at Achasta, uh, we have a lot of, uh, you know, either current or retired businessmen or people that have, uh, you know, been in the world of work or in business women to help our, um, and they've taken kind of a role and uh, some of them, you know, mentor our kids and our guys and our girls and, um, and some of our alumni, we have them come in and speak and, um, you know, we teach guys, you know, I, I took home ec one time in high school just to, uh, to try to meet girls and it ended up being one of the best classes. Cause I learned how to not look stupid when I was sitting down at a table, you know, when they started bringing out the right, you know, what fork and all that stuff to use, I guess, you know, cotillion does that for a lot of kids too. But, um, you know, I think it's important to, to go over all that, how to, um, you know, we talk about taxes. We talk about, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are, are, you know, working and getting a paycheck, you know, during the summer and they're like, man, this, this, this FICA guy, man, he's just hammering me. Who is this guy taking all this money out of my, you know, my check? And so, you know, it's things that we take for granted as adults, but, um, but I think it's important to bring up with these, these, uh, men and women. And, you know, it's hard for them the first time, uh, they're away from home, you know, at the college level, you know, this, um, you, you really can't call and, and, um, get involved with their financial, whatever it is at school or their professor, you know, because of uh, privacy laws, because they're adults and that's hard. Um, It's really hard uh, for a lot of these guys and girls, it's the transition and how to handle those, those uh, situations. So we, we actually talk about those things, how to, uh, guys are horrible. I know the girls that seem are a little bit better. Guys are horrible about asking for help. I I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's weak showing weakness or, you know, they'll, they'll go down with the ship before they'll ask you to teach them how to swim. You know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, they would rather drown. And so that's, that's part of that relationship building. Like guys, you've got to let us know what you need. It's okay. Um, if you don't understand something, you know, I had to learn that as, as a, an adult or, you know, to raise your hand and, and ask, um, you know, and, and how to, how to do that the right way. And just, I know all that stuff sounds very simple, but I think, um, I think it's so important. Um, you know, you're not, <clears throat> and then exposing, I, I, I'm big on these guys getting internships and learning the, the real world. I mean, I know I thought I wanted to be a lawyer until I interned in a 
in a law firm one summer and uh, said, nope, this is uh, not for me. This is before really the, the internet and uh, was kind of coming on. And, but this is, you know, that's when you're having to pull down books and look through books and, and handwrite stuff on legal paper. And I said, no, this is not for me. I'm not doing this. And, you know, if, if I hadn't done that, I probably would have wasted some more years of my life, uh, you know? And, and so we try to expose them to, uh, whether it's volunteer activities, you know, and, and get perspective on how other people live in the world. You know, not everybody has it as fortunate as you do. I think that's another positive that's come out of uh, the COVID crisis is I think we're going to come back and whether we have to wear a mask all the time on campus for the first semester or sex, I don't know what's what that's going to look like right now. Something similar, I'm sure. But, you know, I guarantee you we're all ready to get back and we're going to take uh, what we get to do every day um, with a lot. Uh, we're not going to take it for granted for sure. Um, right. my guys are even making statements like, man, I can't wait to get back in class. Like I, <laughs> online learning is not as easy as I thought it was. I'm ready to start discussing with people and see my friends and, right. you know, and, and play some golf. So yeah, that part of it's, uh, probably good. But anyway, yeah. So we, we try to teach them those soft skills and put them in situations to learn as much as they can before they get out. Man, that's fantastic. And I think that's what these kids need, man. They, they need a, a, they need a second parent really to keep guiding them and, and not just in the academic classroom, but it's in all these soft skills, as you mentioned, that those are going to be the skills that they probably used to make success in their life anyway. Um, as much as anything, you know, takes them a long way for sure, man. That's awesome. I, you're, you're creating, uh, you make me want to go back to college and come to university of North Georgia come on, and, man. And <laughs> under price morally. I mean, yeah. it's just exciting what you're doing down there. And I, I think uh, we're going to keep watching what's going on with your program. I know when things do get cranked back up in the fall, have you have you begun setting a schedule for the fall uh, for golf and for school? How's that coming together? Yes, we have our, our fall schedules ready to go. Our spring schedule uh, is pretty ready. It's just not published, but our fall schedule's up. We start in Kiowa Island and uh, in, uh, I guess, the second week, September. Um, you know, I don't uh, – right now we're – you know, back in the dorms, uh, I think the first day of class is August 17th. So we'll move in that Wednesday, I think, before and um, and kind of get our physicals and our initial meetings out of the way. Um, and, and then uh, kind of going back in, I know that, um, you know, the campus will be a little different. I mean, we'll, you know, the whole, you know, social distancing and, and uh, I'm sure we'll have masks. I know that there's going to be different procedures in place. But again, I think everybody's ready to get back and um, yeah. we're ready to get on the road and, com and compete again. I know my guys were happy this summer when, um, when all the tournaments started kind of coming back online and so they could play as amateurs and, and playing some, mm -hmm. even some professional events and get back into it. So, um, oh, yeah. Chomping at the yeah. bit, just like the yeah, we're pro, ready. ready to go. Yeah, we're ready to go. So, um, it, tell me, can you talk about any new recruits that you might have coming in this, uh, this season? You got somebody that you can talk about or is that all under wraps right now? Well, no, um, I can't talk about anybody that hasn't signed, but I've got, um, we have everybody coming back except for Tanner Merck, who, um, is going to, uh, save the world, uh, from a cybersecurity standpoint, cause he's really good at what he does already. And, uh, but, um, he was a, you know, he was an even poor average guy. Um, and more importantly, he was a phenomenal leader and, 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 uh, just a phenomenal guy to have around. I'm going to miss him. And, and we've got all of our guys coming back, um, uh, and then we have two transfers from uh, Delta State University, which I think they were uh, highly ranked. Both freshmen are transferring. A guy named Noah Zedeker and um, and uh, Wilson Baker are coming uh, coming over to join us. And then I have three freshmen coming in. Uh, 
Um, uh, you know, Sam Gargas is from uh, uh, Alabama, from Muscle Shows, Alabama. Um, uh, Riley Grant is from Lafayette, Georgia, up in the northwest corner of the state. And um, Mason Kleinline is from Statesboro, Georgia. So I've got those three guys coming in to join us and excited to see uh, see how they add. I know they're going to add uh, really uh, to our to our culture and what we do. Again, I, I recruit, you know, if I'm looking at you, I know you can play at this level. What I'm trying to do is find the guys that fit what we want to do and fit our fit our idea and our culture of, of who we want to be at the University of North Georgia. And so um, very confident in those guys coming in and, and just love the guys that we have already. And um, I'm telling you that, uh, you know, the, the team chemistry thing is probably, uh, I've probably gone too far because they actually get along so much that, you know, it's, it's, almost um it's almost too much sometimes i get along too well i'm like guys would y'all fight with each other or something please like let's let's i need some conflict no i'm just kidding it's they get along they have a good time together and um but they also work really hard together and um it's 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 been fun to watch already it's actually happening a little faster than i to be quite honest that i thought it would so hopefully we can keep the gas down and, and um can keep getting better um in all areas yeah, that's fantastic, man. It's, they're so lucky to have you down there, Bryson, and uh, all the best to your team moving into the to the next year and, and certainly continued success down there is expected. And we're looking forward to seeing what happens, man, uh, getting you guys back out on the golf course and playing competitively and bringing some more championships and breaking some more records there for the school. That's really magic, really good stuff. I tell you, we've had a great conversation today. I could go on for, for hours talking with you, and we're going to have you back on soon. After you guys get a few tournaments in, maybe we'll get an update uh, you know, on your program down there and talk some more North Georgia golf. University of North Georgia with Bryson Worley today, the head coach and director of the golf program down there. Uh, stay safe, my buddy. We're going to wrap it up with that. And uh, tell, us, uh, tell our listeners, if you want to, reach out to Bryson. How would be the best way to reach you if you've got a player interested in coming to, to visit you or talk to you about opportunities at your school? What can they do? How can they reach you? The easiest thing, and I'm on, uh, I don't even know, I think it's at Coach Worley on Twitter and Instagram, but the easiest thing is just go to ungathletics.com and um, and just shoot me an email. Go to go to golf and, um, and find my email on there. It's just brysonworley at ung.edu and and shoot me an email and I'll, I'll uh, be glad to get back in touch with you. And, and uh, I love helping people. And, and, um, and if I can't help you, I'll find somebody that can and, um, and we'll go from there. And I can't, Alan, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you having me on. It's always good to talk to you and talk uh, and, and be able to uh, talk about what, what we're doing down here. But um, more importantly to hear you and your wisdom kind of permeate throughout the uh the interview is just as important as anything this uh this guy said for sure so appreciate it no i'm i'm a big fan bryce and always have been buddy you're you're a stand-up guy and i tell you if i had another kid going to college i'd want him coming to see you buddy maybe maybe we'll do that again in another lifetime but uh all right thank you so much for what you're doing for these young golfers and and giving them opportunity to play and and become young young upstanding citizens in this world because we need more of that for sure uh, that's it for the show today. It's been um, it's been fun talking to a good friend, Bryson Worley at the University of North Georgia, uh, down in Dahlonega and in the Gainesville, Georgia area. Uh, Want to encourage you to watch these golfers play at, at this program because there's magic happening down there. You're gonna see some great things out of his players, I'm sure, not just on the golf course, but after they're done with school and, and make their way into this great world. Uh, listeners, thanks so much for uh, tuning in. 
It's been great being with you. Stay safe, and we'll look forward to next time when we have some more, more golf insights on the forecast. listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.